Last night, the Carolina Hurricanes season came to an end with a 5-2 loss against New York Rangers in Game 7 of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. What just went wrong in Game 7 as well as this postseason? Find out today in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Tuesday afternoon. As always, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Subscribe on YouTube and rate the show five stars on whatever streaming platform you're listening on. And last night, the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricane season came to them. Uh, lost 5-2 to two in Game 7 against the New York Rangers. This was, was a disappointing way for the season 10. And actually, uh, obviously, kudos to the Rangers uh, for winning the series. Uh, GG's John from Locked On New York Rangers. Uh, kudos to Ian from Locked On Bruins on a hell of a first-round series. And But now... Season's done. Uh, I see playoff beards. They're gone uh, for us now. And, you know, it, it's going to take a, a few episodes to break down this game seven in this postseason. And in this episode, we'll obviously do some analysis. Uh, but I'm going to speak like gut reactions and, you know, as a fan here in, in the next episode, we're going to dive into uh, post game press conference and, you know, everything that Jacob Slavin, uh, Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Ajo, Rod Brindmer, all that those guys had to say. Uh, there, there's a lot to dive into in that. And we'll discuss that more uh, later tonight and, and tomorrow. So it, and like I said, now it's really going to be me as a fan talking, not, you know, someone that could team. But, you know, looking at this game in this season, you know, it. I saw, I forget who it was, they, they said it was a gettable season. No. Uh, this was uh, the best regular season in franchise history, setting records for both wins and points. In the regular season, I think that was fantastic, and that's something to be proud of. We won our second straight division title, and it's something that the Hurricanes hadn't been able to do for a very, very long time, and now they've won two straight uh, last year in that realigned Central Metro Division. This was their first Metro Division title, so that that's something to be proud of, I feel, and now that you know the season is done, there's going to be a lot of changes 
I feel. And what they will be, we'll talk about, you know, whenever the season comes. We got a lot of guys, you know, coming up for contracts and whatnot. But right now, the thing on everything is that game seven just went, went wrong there. For me personally, I knew it was the Rangers scored first. I knew there that that was going to suck any and all of life that the Hurricanes had out of the game. And especially at the end of the first period when the Rangers were up to it. I knew then, all right, season's done. And if it wasn't my job to continue to cover this team, I probably would have turned the game off. Uh, I, I knew it was over pretty early on. I could tell by the way the team was playing, the penalties they were taking. They looked tired. They looked spent. Uh, and it looked like they didn't have anything left in the tank. And it was almost like they were going through the motions almost at times. And I, I go back to that game against Detroit where Ned got his shutout. Uh, I knew – about halfway through the second period, like, all right, this is done. And that's how this game was. I, I knew pretty early on, yeah, it was done. Rangers are going to win this game. Maybe the Hurricanes, you know, can net a couple goals, and they did. But as a whole, pretty much knew the game was done. And those goals at the end were very non-essential. Uh, and... Really didn't mean much. And yet, I look at one of those being a power play goal and just the complete and utter collapse of the power play in the playoffs. And that is going to be something that really, really needs to get addressed this offseason. We'll talk more about that you know, as the offseason progresses. But initial just gut reaction thoughts on that is we need a dedicated power play coach. It doesn't need to be something that, you know, one of the assistant coaches, Rod Brandon Moore is taking care of. No, they need a dedicated power play coach because that is something that's been an issue these past four postseasons is the co- – just disintegration special teams. And I said, you know, if you know, they got past New York, they would not get past Tampa if they couldn't get their special teams going. And they couldn't even make it past New York. They, yet they pushed it to seven games, and I think that is something to be commended with just how poorly they played as a whole in this series. It's on the road. I, I forget what the final tally was, but they got vastly outscored in this series. And you're not going to win a series like that. It's not going to happen. They got, got lucky to push it to step. And that's just where this postseason keeps coming back to the complete and total collapse of special teams uh 
the not being able to win on the road, I think that's pretty big. That was, again, something else that was mentioned in the post-game press conference is just the inability to win on the road. And I feel that's definitely going to be something that's going to be mentioned more here in the next couple days as well. And that is, again, the that's another very frustrating thing about this playoff is they were such a good road team during the year and just that power play completely and totally collapsing in the playoffs. This is very much giving me the 2010s Washington Capitals, uh, Washington or Tampa Bay Lightning before they won in the bubble, before they got over that hump. You know, these teams that were so good in the regular season but just kept falling short in the playoffs, given this team is very, very young. And, you know, they have you know, a lot of hockey ahead of them. So, you know, maybe it doesn't, you know, end up being a thing of, you know, like Alex Ovechkin, you know, he wins you know, his first Stanley Cup, you know, years and years and years and years into his career. But something has got to change. And I'm going to spitball just a few ideas that come to mind right after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and even in your pocket right now. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find all of the solutions to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And don't forget, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, folks, like I said, something is going to have to change. And this is obviously going to be something that we talk about in depth this off season. We're probably going to talk about it more throughout this week. And, but it's something that I feel really needs to be addressed now because I think everyone realizes changes are going to be coming this off season. I think this is going to be another very busy off season where the hurricanes are making a lot of roster moves. And, because there's a lot of guys that are coming up with contracts. And to be completely honest, I think we let a lot of those guys go. I think really the only guys that we make moves to keep is first and foremost, Nemo Niederreiter. You've got to pay that man because he was a bright spot throughout the season. 
And even in the playoffs, you know, there's some ugly moments for sure, but he was a guy, you know, we could continue to look to like, all right, you know, he's going to at least play well. Hey, that man. And the only other one I really think that uh, you should really make a move for is maybe Vincent Trocheck. I don't know. He's definitely not a guy that I think you must re-sign. I like it. I think there's definitely some potential. It kind of felt like towards the end, with the exception of uh, Game 7, yeah, he was really starting to get some momentum going in the playoffs. But... I think there's potential there for him. As far as the other guys, uh, Marty Natchez, uh, Ian Cole, Tony D'Angelo, Max Domi, Ethan Bear, Brendan Smith, Derek Stepan. I really, I don't see really any of those guys coming back. I think a lot of those guys could potentially be on their way out. Uh, out of all of those, the two that I really – you, cases could be made for all of them. Uh, I will say that. But, you know, I think Derek Stepan can maybe try to get him back. I, but the way he was handled in the playoffs, I don't really know. Max Domi, he was a rental. He's gone. Uh, Ethan Bear, he was honestly pretty disappointing. He had a few good moments here and there. And he's still really young, which is why I think yeah, they can maybe keep him around, try to develop him a little bit more. Marty Natchez, he's one you know, I could see them, you know, keeping him around. You know, just kind of here, maybe you know, he gets things going next year. But that's kind of a toss-up. I could see him potentially be gone. Uh, Ian Cole, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Derek, uh, he's kind of in the same boat as Derek Stepan. Yeah, yeah, he was playing, but I don't know. Same with Brendan Smith. He's a guy that's kind of in and out of the lineup throughout the regular season. It wasn't really until the playoffs that he had any sort of consistency. But, and, you know, he went out with uh, his skull fracture. He was really hit and miss. It wasn't really until after that that he started to look well. Uh, but I think one that everyone will be talking about is that of Tony D'Angelo. If we're talking strictly on the ice, regular season-wise, he had a good season, but at least in terms of points. But you look at these playoffs and just his defensive lap, lapses, uh, poor fact-checking. You know, heck, you can look at a few of those in Game 7. Uh, and just the way he will get lit up defensively. His, the way his emotions got the best of him in the playoff, it's no excuse. You're a grown man. Get stuff in check. Come on now. You're not a kid. You're a grown-up. Act like a kid. Uh, and then, of course, you know, his off-ice stuff, which is why a lot of folks myself don't like him. So I would be fine if they didn't bring him back. Because of, again, off ice stuff, but then, you know, his poor defensive ability, honestly, you know, on the ice. You can look to several issues throughout the playoffs, throughout the regular season. Poor forechecking, backcheck ability, and just the way he'll get lit up at times. I think you, know, you can easily uh, say bye to him, but 
ultimately, I do think the Hurricanes will probably make a move to bring him back. I do. We'll talk more about that as that portion of the season you know, gets here. That's obviously going to be a little bit. Now we still got to get through the conference and Stanley Cup finals and the draft. A lot of stuff's got to get done. And But, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of roster moves this offseason. And it wouldn't surprise me if you also see some guys traded. Uh, but lastly, you know, I saw the speculation starting last night as far as Jordan Stahl retirement. We'll talk more about that as the offseason goes along. But I don't think he is retiring this season. I, I don't. I think yeah, he was just kind of pretty emotional after the game. You know, he's you had a hell of a regular season. And you essentially go out with a whimper. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's retiring. I think he was just pretty upset after the game. But he also is no spring chicken. He's older, and he's coming to the end of his 10-year contract. I think he has one, maybe two more years left on it. Uh, so I think maybe within the next three to four years, he definitely retires, but not this season. Unless there is something going on that none of us know about, I do not think he retires. I think yeah, he stays throughout this contract. I think yeah, he'll, and depending on after you know, the end of this contract, I think you know he'll may sign a short-term veteran deal. But you know after that, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But I do not think he's retiring. I do not. I, I think he's he's going to be here. And also, you know, given it's definitely a, a fan thing there, but next season is the 25th anniversary season. There's, since the mid-2000s, there's always been a stall on the team. It'd be really weird to not see one in that season, you know? So, I don't think he's retired. I do not. That, that's, I think that is, you know, just... Older player gets knocked out of the playoffs. Of course, that speculation is going to start. I don't think he's retired. But at the end of the day, I think it's time we look back on this regular season. And I think there's a lot to be thankful for. We normally do that stuff on Fridays, but I think we need to do it today. Uh, A lot of folks are pretty down about getting knocked out of the playoffs, and we're going to do that today instead of on Friday. And we'll do that right after this. All right, folks, now it's time to look at this regular season. Yes, it ended very poorly. It did. I mean, we didn't get swept. We went to seven games, and we pushed New York to seven games when we were, frankly, playing pretty poorly. And... You know, I think that we look at, we now have four straight years of making the playoffs after a decade of not. And, yeah, you know, we went conference final, you know, then there was the bubble and second round, second round. Uh, And, yeah, you know, we haven't won a Stanley Cup. And, yeah, that sucks, of course. But 
do we really want to go through another decade and not making the playoffs? You look at just how, you know, this sustained success has helped grow the team. The team is, you know, you know, for so many years, you know, it was, you know, the Hurricanes fans that did show up were, were super loud, but didn't them show up, you know? And now the Hurricanes, you know, they're consistently you know, packing out the building. You know, a lot of folks who want to point, you know, oh, they're going you know, towards the middle of the pack or down towards the bottom in terms of attendance. It's because their arena is smaller. They don't play in a giant arena. So rather look at the percentage of what they're feeling. They're always, you know, mid-90s or above. So I think that's something to be commended as well. Like, they're consistently drawing crowds. And they're people are talking about them, you know? And you know, you're seeing more and more just hurricane stuff. Out in Raleigh in the surrounding area in North Carolina, you're seeing more and more, more hurricane stuff, and they're creating new fans. Old fans are coming back. And I think that's really important, and I think that's really, really good. And uh, then you look at the guys on this team. You know, you're not a Boston, a Pittsburgh, a Washington. You know, these teams that are – going to be riding off into the sunset before too long because they're older. Their time has passed. You know, I said in game seven that this, you know, for years, you know, it was Pittsburgh and Washington, you know, being the two top dogs in the Metro. Now it's more New York and Carolina. They're the two top dogs. So, uh, and then, like I said, you look at the guys on this team, Ashinaho, Andre Sveshkov, Tabor, Terabinen, Seth Jarvis, and Jacob Slavin. You you got these you got this really good core of guys here. You have Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, and uh, the list goes on. I mean, you can go down the entire roster, you know, with these key guys here, your entire third line. Uh and now you have you know, at least some in the short term stability in between the pipes with Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta. And this being something so many years we didn't have. You you know, for you know sometime, okay, you had Jordan Stahl, you had Eric Stahl, you had Jeff Skinner. Outside of that. Yeah, and Jacob Slaving came along. You had Brock McGain come along, but you know, you still until Brad Brendamore, Tom Dunn, and uh, Dom Waddell took over. These guys, you know, yeah, they're fan favorites, but, you know, they weren't, you know, household names. Like, Jacob Slavin is a household name. Is he underrated? Yeah, because he doesn't play a flashy game, but he was also like, oh, God, that dude can play, you know? Smash Naho. Uh, all multi-time all-star. You know, it, they have the makings of a championship team. It's just getting over that hump. 
And I think that is really, again, like I said, you know, these past four postseasons, it's kind of come down to special teams in the playoffs. Power play and just offense in general kind of falling apart. I mean, this year, you know, we at least had you know, some better goaltending. I think that, that would definitely help for sure. Obviously, you, know, you could ask the what if, you know, in terms of Frederick Anderson being healthy. And, you know, we're going to do a whole episode on what ifs for this playoff uh, run for the Hurricanes later. But, yeah, that's a big what if. Do the Hurricanes still lose the series? Do they win the series? I don't know. I don't know. But I think there's still a lot to be thankful for. I said it at the top episode. They set franchise record in wins and points this year. I think that is something to really be proud of that they went out and did this. They had the best penalty kill percentage in franchise history. That's something to be proud of. You had Sebastian Ajo go back to the All-Star game. That's something to be proud of. Andre Smeshkov could have went. Jacob Slavin definitely could have went. Frederick Anderson and Antiranta played better than anyone could have expected. Won the Jennings Trophy. Freddie went to the All-Star game as well. That's something to be proud of. And Seth Jarvis, you know, kind of defying all expectations, uh, you know, coming into training camp and earning himself a spot on this roster, earning him a spot on the top line, not a bottom line guy. No, he was playing up there and being a big factor in this playoff and outside of Auntie Ranta may have been the best player this playoff for the Hurricanes. And he's only 20 years old. He's got a long, long career ahead of him. And if this is how he's starting out, it's going to be a treat to watch him continue to grow and develop. I can't see what happens with him next year. It's going to be very fun to watch him grow. It's going to be fun to watch these other guys grow as well. We think Andre and Yesperi to long-term deals. Those are going to be guys that are around for a long time. And, and you got other guys that still have a long term on their deals as well. So you look at this, and yeah, it sucks that it ended the way it did, but the future is still bright. And it's not like the window is just is closed. It's not like that. I think that the window was just now opening. And. The Hurricanes, they got to figure a few things out, and we'll talk more about that in the coming episodes. But in the meantime, make sure you follow Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Myself on Twitter at JaredEllis underscore 96. Subscribe on YouTube, rate the show five stars on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. And once again, thank you for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of this Tuesday afternoon, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.